0: Hi everyone, and welcome to Match Made in Madness, where every episode is a mad but healthy discussion about the anime community. My name is Kayn Rye, otherwise known as Rye for short. I'm a cosplayer and professional makeup artist, as well as your resident Bishonen
1: appreciator. And I'm Mayuchino, and I'm a freelance interpreter and translator. I pretty much game and watch anime for work, and I live my days off reading manga.
0: Every week at Match Made in Madness, we'll be dissecting the nitty-gritty on topics such as anime and manga, voice actors, and the pop culture convention scene with the occasional guests if we're lucky. So come join us on this crazy journey to develop a greater understanding of this amazing community. Just a small disclaimer that anything mentioned in this podcast are all unofficial opinions based on our own personal experiences and thoughts. Due to this, we will primarily be discussing the Australian scene, but feel free to let us know about your experiences as well. Uh,
1: So thanks for the welcome, Rai. So we've uh, done our first episode now. Um, What did you think?
0: First episode, pretty good. Not bad. <laughs> all in all, pretty good, I must say. Um, we definitely had a few hiccups along the way. Um, mm-hmm. But I think, mm-hmm. like, all in all, the first episode was... It's all right. It's all right. It's all right, you know? <laughs> I, think okay. yeah, true, yeah. we, I think we sounded okay.
1: Yeah, that's true. That's true. I think we sounded okay, but mm-hmm. I think... Both Ryan and I, when we did our listening, we noticed that there was a few volume issues, which I'm sure a lot of you picked up. The CEO of Technical <laughs> Difficulties. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then we also noticed that connection was a bit of an issue. So what you'll Definitely. notice is Ryan and I ended up talking over each other a lot, partly to do with I couldn't hear Ryan, Rai couldn't hear me, Absolutely. so we thought we should jump in and say something. Yeah. Um, and but Yeah. The We've decided other... to resolve that.
0: <laughs> yes, yes, we have decided to resolve that, which is great because um, you guys probably weren't aware since you're only listening to the audio mm. that um, we're, we're showing, but we actually are currently in two different countries. Mai is in Japan and I'm in Australia. So mm. trying to work through that distance, not only, but we didn't think to webcam each other. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, my God, yes. I feel... I don't know. We're living in this day and era now with all this technology, and Ryan and I were like, "Oh yeah, we can podcast this. We've got great mics. We just need to listen to each other."
0: Yeah, it's fine. (laughs) We don't need to see each other when we're talking at all. So yeah, (laughs) thank you to our friends for pointing that out because yes, that. Thank you
1: very much. (laughs)
0: We had, like, a really just dumb bitch juice moment right there.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Like, it really helps at the moment because Ryan and I have our webcams on at the moment looking at each other as we're talking. So not only are we talking and listening to each other, we can actually have eye contact and have um, visual cues on who to talk and when I want to talk. So, um, yeah, we do listen to feedback, guys. Please, please give them to us. We do love hearing them. We're doing this for the first time. Which means we're learning too. Yeah, exactly. We adore
0: feedback. So please, like, by all means, like, give us any kind of constructive criticism Mm -hmm. that you have because we're willing to take it on. Like Mai said, we're very new, very fresh to this Mm -hmm. podcasting Mm -hmm. experience. So if you guys have podcasts that you really like or, you know, have listened to a lot of podcasts and have some feedback or just comments, we would love to hear them. So, yeah, definitely... Definitely, let us know on Twitter. That's where we are most active at MMI Madness, and you can hashtag us at MMI Madness or Match Made in Madness, so we can see your comments as well.
1: So, I think we'll get started with the episode for today. Um, so, for those of you listening, we are on episode number two today, and the title is, um, as you can see, voice actor in the spotlight, Tomokazu Seki. Um, it's pretty much a segment that we'd like to do regularly where we'll be selecting either a voice actor or an anime series so we can discuss and appreciate because there's a lot in common I'm sure Ryan and I can talk about yes. in <laughs> regards to voice actors in particular as a lot of our friends know us for. So in the spotlight today is one of our absolute favorite voice actors, Tomokazu Seki. So for those of you who don't know, Seki-san is a Japanese voice actor and he's also the co-founder of the production, or sorry, the talent agency he's part of which is Atomic Monkey, um, and some of his best-known roles probably are um, Toji Suzuhara from Neon Genesis Evangelion, uh, Toya Kinomoto from Cardcaptor Sakura, and currently we have Panda from Jujutsu Kaisen, and as of course, um, needless to mention, Gilgamesh from the Fate series that obviously <laughs> Ryan and I absolutely love. Uh, just a small disclaimer before we do actually start, that if we discuss a particular series, we will focus on how we experienced it as fans rather than focusing on the story. However, that does mean, spoiler warnings, we will get carried away because we do love the content so much, um, even if we're not actually talking about the story itself. Uh, because we lo- need to tell you how much we love Seki, Don't we, Rai?
0: <laughs> yes, yes. Like, we're going to say... Tomokazu or Seki-san so much and appreciate him so much in this particular episode that I'm sure if you guys were playing a drinking game and took a shot every time we mentioned Seki's name it would be an absolute dumpster fire of a game. (laughs) Oh yes, I
1: think by the end of it you will have a lot of drinks, yeah. (laughs) Definitely,
0: definitely. So um, some of the things we're gonna be discussing I guess is just in general like a really quick overview um, you know, Seki-san's really amazing, extensive career and yes. sort of how we discovered him as well as some of our favourite character roles, the the types of characters he voices as well as his vocal range um, you know, turning points as well as general appreciation and like characters that we liked and disliked so I hope you guys will find this interesting because we definitely love voice actors
1: <laughs> yes 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 that's definitely something Ryan and I get along with a lot yeah mm-hmm. thank you for mm-hmm. all our friends who put up with our 3am chats about voice actors <laughs> all right well then first topics first right oh uh, just before we do start right what what do you prefer calling Seki-san I prefer putting a son after his name
0: Yes, I also agree with the son as well. Okay, good. All right, we're on the same page. I feel a little, yeah, we are totally fine there.
1: Okay, cool. All right, so what is, we'll start with the obvious one. What was the first role, whether you recognize it was Seki-san or not, what was the first role you started to, well, when you heard Seki's voice, I should say, Seki-san's voice?
0: Yeah, okay. So first role of really hearing Seki-san was, I would say for my era and generation because, We have mentioned this before. There is a bit of an age gap between mine and I. But for me, um, it would have been Cardcaptor. Mm-hmm. Cardcaptor Sakura and Fruits Basket. So mm. it was around like kind of 90s to like mid 2000s. That bracket? Yep. yep. Which is where I heard him. Yeah. What about you, Mo?
1: Uh, probably around the same bracket, but back then I wasn't really into Shoujo mm. manga, but I was a really big Pokemon freak. So ah. uh, for those of you who don't know, um, Sekisan was actually, um, after Brock leaves in the first section of Pokemon, um, Br- Brock gets replaced by a guy called um, Tracy or Kenji in Japanese. That was Tracy? Sekisan. Sun oh. Yeah, oh. Uh, he's part of the Oli- Orange League essentially. Ah, right, right, right. I will tell you, I did not know it was Kenji all these years. That was Sekisan until um, a couple of weeks ago when Ryan and I were discussing we're going to talk (laughs) about Sekisan and I went, oh, my God, my childhood has just come back to haunt me. Um, That's so ironic. (laughs) I had a crush on Kenji, right? I will admit that to you point blank. And I did not know all these years that it had to be Sekisan. Out of all people it could have been that voiced him. So... There we go. That's my experience with sex. It's like
0: it's like a full circle moment. Yeah, <laughs> a full it really circle was. Back to your childhood.
1: Like a lot of the other roles we're gonna mention today, or well, at least that I'll mention today, I knew it was Sixan, but that was the one mm. role that I had pretty much been listening every week to that I did not yeah. know was Sixan, because um, I suppose I never it never really clicked about. Voice actors and who was voice acting and who was what role and things until yeah, I course. really hit high school, which um, mm. um, for those of you listening would have been in the 2000s. So in the 90s, when Pokemon was an anime, it just did not click to me at all. That Sekisan was a voice I knew from so long ago. Yeah, yeah I
0: think back then as well. Like obviously, the voice acting culture, I guess, and the voice acting community the fans were probably not as prominent as they are these days because we have so many big names and so Mm. much content and media and anime that we are fed that we can recognize them from. So
1: it would have been definitely like a lot smaller, that community... I totally agree with you. Like, it was also the era when voice actors coming and showing their faces in public was a giant no-no. It was a big taboo. It, at least in Japan, it was. I don't, I'm don't. i not 100% sure about Western media, but it definitely was in Japanese media. So, voice actors having a name and face connected mm. together, it was not a name and voice, was a completely big taboo. So... I think now as a voice actor fan and now that especially also because I couldn't read kanji back then so being able to make the language connections and know what name goes with what voice and what face has really really helped but yeah. Interesting discoveries, yeah. Yeah, Well, speaking really of discoveries then, right, Um, we talked about the role we probably would have heard Sekisan in the first time. What about in terms yes. of noticing him as a voice actor or his talents as a voice actor, pretty much? What would it be the first role for you?
0: Well, you can go first, mine. I, I don't mind if you oh, want to okay, start right, right, with right. that. Yeah, um, absolutely. Probably. Because um, I feel like mine was probably a lot later than when <laughs> you first discovered him.
1: <laughs> probably, <laughs> like, as, yeah. In, in, like, like,
0: being prominently oh it's seki like i like him kind of thing yeah
1: yeah um yeah like i mentioned i did hear a lot of seki-san roles up until this era but um i really took a notice of seki-san in yakitate japan he was this character Mm. called um piero boronese he's he's like a clown and he judges a competition essentially. <laughs> well, isn't that
0: what Seki san in general is? He's just a clown.
1: That's a very good description we, of Seki san. I would agree. We stand a clown on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so that was my first role. I It really, really intrigued me because he had a really nice voice and it wasn't mm. your typical Seki san voice and it wasn't a typical voice actor type of voice back then either. Right. It was sort right. of like you sit back here and use this really odd voice at the top of your voice but in the back of your throat kind of voice and really happy, chirpy, um, pitch a few times and go a bit lower wait, a few wait, times depending wait. on the role.
0: It sounds like from what you're telling
1: me, yeah. it's like that very typical customer service voice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It actually is though, because his role was to run this competition and be the M C of it as oh, well as the main okay, judge of it. Right. So yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. It's mm, very I've much it, a customer so, yeah. service voice. It was really okay, good. Right. And then, um, because of this nature of Yakita to Japan as well, there's a lot of jokes hmm. and like your um comedic moments, I won't go into details of that. Please just watch the series for any of you who <laughs> wants to do it. It's just too difficult to describe it on podcast, okay? You have to watch it for yourself. Um, do anyways. your best,
0: mind, do your best. Oh,
1: God. No, I can't. He he dies once from eating bread, guys, and he, and he has like a surreal experience and then comes back alive, and then the future changes, okay? Spoiler warnings, but... <laughs> <laughs> Things like that. Like, that's the kind of wild stuff Yakitate Japan um does. You thought shokugeki no Soma was crazy. Yakitate Japan will blow your mind in a you different know what way. What I
0: love about that, the really briefly and horribly described anime <laughs> titles. <laughs> <laughs> that's like, I'm just, this is totally off topic, but that's yeah. like if you were trying to, um, Describe Kyo Karamau, which is one of uh, my and I's personal favorite series. But what happens is, I want like, quick TLDR. Like, this is so off topic, but real quick TLDR. This, like, high school kid gets dunked into a toilet and then he gets sucked into another world. He gets slapped and then suddenly he's married. Oh, sorry, engaged. Yes, engaged, yes.
1: <laughs> I love summaries of these obscure bad, animes.
0: Bad summaries of anime.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Yakushita in Japan is kind of similar. Um, this boy has um, extremely warm hands called Sun mm. Hands. They call it Taiyo no Te, they give him a title. And uh-huh. his, he wants to be the best bread baker in all of Japan, so mm. he leaves his uh, countryside town to go to Tokyo to work at this shop. And then they go through many competitions and stuff to become the best bread shop in all of Japan, essentially. Even within their the company that they're in, it was like that. Sounds like
0: the old sports anime before sports anime became the <laughs>
1: <a> thing. <laughs> like competitive bread baking. It kind of is, although I think Prince of Tennis before that hit, That's it, true, hit the hit spot with Prince competitions. Of tennis and slam dunk. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I just have to mention that, guys. That's my all time favorite, as I mentioned last episode as well. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> but yeah, Yakuza Japan's essentially that, and then um in. Where Seksan's character comes out is they become, the main character and a couple of his friends or well, colleagues go and represent Japan in an international mm. competition and they go to um, Monaco of all places and that is where they have the competition, essentially. Ah, yeah, wow. so um, Piero Boronese Seksan's character is like this really wild character who can grab the hearts of every person he talks to including the competitors as well as the um, the audience apparently but he's a bit of a joke um, and he can do, there's nothing he can't do because he's um, the world's best clown Was is the way he describes himself the whole entire town like <laughs> so, Sekaiichi no so... Piero the, the clown of the world pretty much is the way he describes himself So
0: Sekisan is just voicing Sekisan <laughs>
1: Yeah that's a good way to put it Yeah yeah. oh wow. I love really that. good background <laughs> anime if you guys want something just to watch. You learn a exactly. lot about bread, by the way. <laughs> um, I'm not joking. I have a friend. Well, Ryan, I have a friend who bakes bread. This yes. <laughs> and she's always amazed at how much I know about my bread and I will credit Yakitata Japan for this because everything I learned about bread and bread making it all comes from Yakitata Japan. It's amazing. Anime,
0: <laughs> anime teaching you something new every day, really. Yes. Really be like that, guys.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> back I think, on
0: topic so, so right. definitely, that's okay. My, I love that really passionate <laughs> spiel about bread. Like, I'm here for it, you know. Um, but I think for me, mm. the first time I really sort of discovered or noticed Seki quite prominently would have been very much later down the track for... Around 2012, like when Psychopass, mm. yeah, Dave made its debut. I guess like when Psychopass came out, and he voiced uh, Kogami Shinya in that. And yes, that from I guess from experiencing him as when I first like heard him being in Cardcaptor Sakura as um you know Toya. Yep. Guys, you know, Toya is where it's at. Everybody <laughs> my age group back in the day was like totally simping for Tuxedo Mask and Sailor Moon. But I'm here to tell you, Kinomoto Toya was where it was at, fam. Like that's really where it was at. And definitely like the hothead type of yep. uh, Kiyosoma as well being yeah. the two types I'd heard seki in. Kogami was kind of a breath of fresh air because he was like more cool, like very suave, level-headed, you know, kind of aloof, I guess. And as a series, Psychopaths is really, really amazing. Like for what it was at the time, as well with yeah. the animation getting better and better in in anime at the time. Like it was a whole new concept that not a lot of people had seen and that's what really attracted me to the series and then by extension the character because I really enjoyed um Kogami's character like sort of challenging the norms of the society within the anime yeah so I think definitely um definitely that role was a standout for me
1: I'm going to add to that and say that um, I did notice teki with Yakita to Japan but he'd kind of gone slightly off the radar a little bit because he wasn't really in a lot of animes I'd seen after that and then Psycho came along and I heard Kogami Shinya. And I watched it a little bit later than everyone else, though, probably about a year later than everyone else. And then I was watching it and thinking, who's this role? It's actually really good. Like, not only is it a familiar voice, it's a really good character. And, like, like you said with the, with the character, he's, um, he's a bit of fresh air for someone Seki would voice. And the story, like, it's not just the animation that was amazing in Psychopaths, The story was a controversy. Like, it's so different.
0: It's yeah. very different and it definitely challenges a lot of the things you think about. And what I particularly enjoyed about Seki's, like Seki san's role was that he'd been so boxed up, I think, previously into certain character types. Yes. That I really just enjoyed Kogami's character. And then with the addition of having, you know, being a voice actor that I like and I really appreciate, it just was perfect. Perfect. Mm-hmm. The cast. Stellar cast. Um, I could go on about voice actors forever, but really stellar cast. And they had a good mix of like newer talent at the time as well yes. as like sort of old Jenners, which is, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I appreciate that a lot, always.
1: I actually liked how they used the new new cast for the younger roles. Yes, yeah, same, same. And, the and more then you had roles your yeah. like old Jenners, the, yeah, all the characters, I, yeah.
0: The, yeah, I was very appreciative of that. Yes. Definitely.
1: Yes. Mm. Yeah, so that's definitely true. Psychopass for me was the role I rediscovered Sekisan and started paying attention into the range of roles he does. I definitely appreciated him a lot more, like even more than before through Psychopass. So I I agree with your tastes. Right. I think we share tastes there.
0: <laughs> we definitely do because moving on to our favorite characters. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna like absolutely just call. Should we both just count my down myself? Okay, we're gonna okay, say ready? the word together, right? Okay,
1: ready? So on the count of three, three, okay, okay. three, two, two, one. one. Gilgamesh, Gilgamesh. <laughs> <laughs> favorite character, hands down.
0: There's no debate, guys. There's no debate. No. There's only one answer and it's Gilgamesh.
1: Yeah. For anybody who's paid attention to um fate prototype, please notice that the Gilgamesh and fate prototype is a different voice actor to the other Gilgameshes and all the other fates. The other Gilgameshes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which is all just a six plethora son. of them. <laughs> yeah. Is there um, a plural for Gilgamesh?
0: Gilgameshes.
1: I I think we could make that a thing. <laughs> gosh, much. Um yeah, <laughs> actually,
0: yeah, actually, now that we mentioned that there is different I guess Gilgamesh yeah. in in the in the massive multiverse <laughs> that is Fate, who is your favorite Gilgamesh? Cuz like we both we yeah, we both love Gilgamesh, but like who's your favorite?
1: For me definitely definitely Fate 0. Like he I'd seen um the Studio Dean uh what was it 2006? 2004, 2006 version of Fate Stay Night, before, um, just before watching Fate Zero, because I thought I'd watch it in um, production order just in case. Right,
0: yeah.
1: And Gilgamesh didn't really stand out to me back in Fate Stay Night. Sure, he was an interesting character, he's um, got a lot of power, he's, you know, really strong, but he didn't really stand out. But then when I watched Fate Zero, I think you'll agree with me, Rai. Episode eleven, the the episode where like um, Gilgamesh and uh, King Arthur, so Saber and Ryder. Ah, oh, yes, the king's
0: Banquet. Yes. Yes <laughs>
1: That really changed my opinion on Gilgamesh. Like that was the moment I suppose you could say I fell in love with Gilgamesh and his characterization. In particular, I really like his perspective of how a king should be to his people.
0: Yeah, I, I really enjoyed that. And I know we were talking a little bit about this before, but I really enjoyed that one line that he has where he's like to Iskander that you know, the only people who deserves his compassion are his followers and his people.
1: Mm. And that
0: one-liner, I was just like, oh, Gil, you do care. (laughs) But then he had to go and say something really (laughs) sh** to Saber, so I was like, bro, really?
1: (laughs) Yeah, we'll we'll put that aside for now. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so it's essentially an episode where the two are, where Ryder and Archer, so Gilgamesh, is telling Saber how Saber's way as a king is not ideal, especially looking into the future of a kingdom or the future of a country. And the things, I enjoyed what Ryder said too, don't get me wrong, but it was how, I suppose in a way, a stoic, rationalized leadership that Gilgamesh really had, that really struck me as something that I could kind of, not really empathize with, but sort of, that made him what I thought would be an ideal king, per se.
0: For me, in that same episode, I really feel like it was just the pure talent of Seki San's voice acting that added onto mm. that as well. Like the agree, the weight of the words, you could definitely like feel them in that episode, and it was super incredible. Like watching it through the first time was great, but when you go back to watch for these mm-hmm. things, when you've immersed yourself in yeah. the fandom, is it just makes it that much more impactful. I agree with you, Mai.
1: Can I add a little side note in there? Apparently, when he was acting Gilgamesh for mm. the very first time, so we're talking about Steen, Deep Studio Dean days. Um, we're we're Aussies, whoops.
0: we're short and um, It's Steen now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> You'll still understand me. Um, apparently, he actually asked the sound director um, how he should be acting Gilgamesh, because Gilgamesh is a kind of character that he'd never done before. The Fate series. He's not only is he a king; he's also the first hero of all heroes in our in our actual history, in recorded history or supposed history, um, in stories, I should say. And so, apparently, the sound director pretty much turned around to him and said, "You know, you should speak as Gilgamesh, as if you're talking to the stars." Was what he was told. So apparently, Seki San acts Gilgamesh and sort of holds his. Um, Script in one hand and just sort of glances to this random <laughs> corner in the studio and just Gases, looks beyond there as he's talking as Gilgamesh. Yeah. Yes, as if he's looking that. into the future that, kind of thing. Definitely. So I thought that was an interesting thing. That really did bring a different, I suppose, dimension into yeah, the maybe, acting Maybe. To make Gilgamesh his, um, who he is.
0: Actor roots. Like, you know, being the like. theatrical?
1: Yeah. I definitely could say that, yeah. he. I reckon um, when you watch Seki-san actually act live, mm. like on stage or on screen, his eyes aren't really looking at anything in particular. Like he's like for recording animation, he's obviously looking at the animation to manage the timing, but he's, his eyes are definitely looking somewhere else. It's not in that studio, in front of that mic. He's, he's in, in that world, world yeah. or like in his own thirds. Yeah. That's
0: pretty so incredible.
1: I reckon he's, I think you're right. I think stage acting has really helped with that. He's very talented in that sense. He can immerse himself no, in that No, I location. definitely
0: appreciate that a lot.
1: Yeah. So enough about me. What about what about you, Rai? <laughs> What's your favorite Gilgamesh? <laughs> <laughs> Out of the Gilgameshes, okay, so,
0: as we've determined. Yeah, now that we've determined there's a multitude of Gilgameshes. I think um, <laughs> I do agree with Mai's point in saying that Fate Zero Gil is, like, super impactful and kind of... That first kind of moment where I was like, "Wow, this character, like this this person, wow!" But for me, it was probably I would I would definitely say that like the absolute spiral into obsession happened (laughs) during Fate Grand Order. Fate Grand Order, yeah, yeah,
1: okay. Because when you
0: compare, like, Gil has this thing where his personality adapts depending on the time period that he's summoned in so yeah. for me like gil's always been kind of you know low-key not even low-key just high-key and asshole so <laughs> for me <laughs> like, maybe maybe because my taste levels hadn't been developed at the time but like i was like man you're an asshole don't be that person
1: <laughs> yet you yeah. love him
0: so so with fgo Gil was definitely less of an asshole. like still very sassy <laughs> and kind of God complex. Um, you know, the Gil that we know him as, but there was another, like, I guess you would call it a human side to him that he was a bit more grounded and he cared. I mean, as much as Gilgamesh can care, he he did care. And yeah. he was very, uh, he was very, Dignified. Dignified is the word we're looking for. Sorry, guys. Yeah, very dignified. <laughs> okay, and there right. was like an air about him, I felt, from the game. Mm-mm-mm-mm. That was very different, obviously, from Fate Zero. That's what I enjoyed.
1: So when you say that you're... Sorry, I'm just going to cut in here so I'm, I'm understanding no, okay. as well. You're talking about Caster Gilgamesh in Chapter 7? Is that yeah, what you're
0: talking Gil, about? Yeah, Caster Gil. And then also at the beginning, um, I think it's in... Gilgamesh?
1: Are you thinking about the side story that you do to level yeah. him up? As in oh, his, his side story to yeah yeah. Um, to... yeah. yeah, his interlude. Are yeah. you thinking about that? Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. I can, I can yeah. emphasize for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah sorry. Yeah, We're talking about his it. Yeah. Um,
0: interlude. So, like, most of the characters... I say most because not everybody has one, but most of the characters get a side story, like an interlude where you can interact with them and um, find out more about their character. So, yeah, that that was definitely... And as well as, yeah, Chapter 7 with Castergill. Like, that was just... Yeah. That broke
1: my heart. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> no, I feel you. That king's speech in Chapter 7, I still replay that on uh, Babylon because that was the uh, best speech just ever. Just
0: screaming! I have no words. It's just noises because Babylonia, and I'm sure if you guys end up watching Babylonia, the anime, like, how emotionally tolling it was. Like, that, ep- yes. that, I remember that chapter, it was a lot. Because it followed up mm-hmm. from Camelot, which was mm-hmm. already very tolling emotionally. And then it's just like, well, we're just going to hit the fans with some more feels. Like, but really hard. Like, amp it up right <sighs> to oh, 100, yeah. you know? I still, um, I still, I still cry thinking about it. <laughs> I'm not going to lie.
1: No, that's fine. I, I don't blame you in the slightest. No, I feel you. I feel you. I'm so glad we haven't had a Mad Fest yet where we talk about this because I'm probably going to cry on stage in terms of... Oh, writing. God,
0: what a <laughs> mood. Like, that is a whole ass mood because throughout yeah. uh, all the Madfest last year and all obviously up until um, Babylonia was announced and then released, I hadn't watched it because I was like, I'm going to wait until all the episodes air. And then watch it all in one go, because like, I know for sure I will cry. Like, or if I talk about it or talk about certain scenes, I will cry. So
1: (laughs) good judgment. Good judgment. Oh, it tore my heart. I think when we had Sydney Madfest earlier this year in March, it hadn't finished. No, it hadn't.
0: Yeah. And everybody was asking. They were like, hey, Rai, have you watched the latest episode? I'm like, don't talk to me about Babylonia because I have not watched it yet. I'm I'm waiting because I don't want to cry right now. I'm trying to work. <laughs> I'm trying to keep myself together. <laughs> I don't need to like have a meltdown. At I this had to watch it. Right
1: no, no, that's fair. That's fair. Like I had to watch it just in case because I wasn't sure what we were going to talk about on the fate stage. That's true. If we were going to have that's a fate true. stage, like I mean, it didn't end up happening. For those of you who know, March was COVID time, so a, a lot of the guests unfortunately did not make it to Sydney Madfest. Um, so I, it didn't. I didn't end up having to know about MadFest, sorry, about Babylonia, but we were about three or four episodes from the end. Yeah, yeah, we were quite close. So it was literally all of the fighting was happening, all of the crying was happening, all of the emotions were happening, and I turned up to MadFest heartbroken.
0: (laughs) And the the even sadder thing was um, Maya and I only saw each other for literally like 20 minutes to have lunch together for that whole entire MadFest. Yes! So we couldn't even like talk about it. To, like, make it less no. sad.
1: <laughs> I know. I know. No one could make no. it less sad for me that weekend, unfortunately. Because then, what, one or two days later, I flew back to yeah, Japan. Yeah,
0: you were there for such a short amount of time. Like, it was it was a pretty, like, run and gun mad fest. Like, it was great. Like, don't get me wrong. That was a fun mad mm. fest. But it's always pretty run and gun for yes. us. Like, when we see each other at conventions. Just like, hi, and then
1: bye, and then... Hello. Although a lot of people will tell you, Rai, you're lucky you even got to sit down and talk to me. Most people see me on stage and I don't see them and that's the end of the our uh, interaction at all at the convention. That's true.
0: That's so true. So, we got really lucky that time. We we definitely got really lucky. Yes, yeah, so
1: FGO Gilgamesh going back to topic. Um yes. No, I can empathize with that a lot. I think Castor Gilgamesh in general, I think is more human.
0: Definitely. I really like that aspect about him because we see so much of, you know, that asshole Gil. <laughs>
1: It's not Archer Gill. I'm gonna laugh every it's, single it's time not. you say that. Am because i to it's Say that guilt for me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but it's like a little guilt moment for me. Going, yes, I love no, 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 this no, no, asshole, no. and I no, admit no, it. No, no, no,
0: but here I am saying I also love this asshole, so it's fine. It's fine. I'm just, I'm just calling Good. him out for what he is. But we see so much of you know Archer Gill in, in I guess. The post, it's just uh, Castor Gill has so much more of an impact. You're like, wow, he's more grounded as a character, he's kind of yes. less immature because Gill I feel like, has a little bit of that immaturity about him sometimes. In, yeah, in... well, they are about
1: 50 60 years apart, yeah, supposedly. yeah.
0: So that that is my favorite Gilgamesh, but like, Gill is from Fate Zero is honestly really up there too. I'm not gonna lie,
1: no, I totally agree, yeah, no, he has uh, six son his amazing in that, that he can, you can actually tell the difference when he's acting both Archer Gilgamesh and Caster Gilgamesh, which is why, hands down, really great voice actor, really great character. And I think the Fate series in general allows for that diversity in his characterization.
0: You know, and including in that with his vocal Mm -hmm. range, like, is so diverse. And there's a video that I think we'll link after the podcast that Mai actually showed me earlier on today, but it's... Yeah! It's it's kind of one of those moments where you know how amazing a person is, but until you see it IRL, like, in action, you're just, like, wow, in awe of the talent, like the mm-hmm. sheer talent and how amazing and I guess flexible they are with their voices. Yeah,
1: okay, which which we'll talk briefly in the next topic now because I think that really goes on from what Rai just said because that's the reason why we're bringing up the video. We were just quickly going to talk about the types of character roles that Seki san normally does and the video just has like a sample of the characters that he's done, that he's notable for in Japan in particular and they all fit into one of these categories one way or another so I think one of the ones that we'll talk about just then was um I was gonna say authoritative and then Rai went along to the notes and went god complex and I lost it but it's true (laughs) no you're not that's why it was so funny uh, guys listening um well, one thing you'll notice about me and Rai is i at least try and put a little um cushion around my words i don't and then <laughs> rye speaks the exact word that's be- lingering in my head but i'm refusing not to like refusing to say <laughs> and then i lose it because that's exactly what i had in my mind and it's perfect description of the situation or whatever it is we're trying to describe and Rai said it for my for my like you know instead of me she said it on my behalf so <laughs>
0: Please tell me I'm not the only person who thinks this because honestly, in Seki's case, it's either he's like a mascot or like god complex. There's no in between. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, so god complex or king complex. He's usually of an authoritative role. I'll agree with that. Yeah, um, and then like yes, you said, I didn't mascot know roles. about
0: the cute one because the only one I'd ever seen in him. I don't know how he doesn't. Sorry. Was in uh, Kamigami
1: no Asobi, where he's like this like ragdoll thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mascot wise, he's got two different types, right? The second one, the, the first one I'll mention first. Um, this one's in the video, guys, so please have a look at it. But he's um, the little mascot in the Pre-Cure series. If you know that, it's kind of like um, girls as the main character, and they're Magical doing kind of girls. your Power Ranger kind of thing, oh, fighting not- oh. against evil, essentially. Oh. They're actually not magical girls. That's the thing. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's the co- that's the thing about Precure. So the idea until now was um yeah. girls fighting against evil were magical girls. And like, and they would use magic. But no, Precure is they actually oh, punch okay. and well, I was
0: not aware of this. So I totally thought it was a magical girl show. That, yeah. Sorry, my bad. I'm sorry, Precure fans. That was my bad.
1: No, it's all good. I only noticed that because that was the selling point when the very first Precure that Seki-san is actually the mascot of came out. That ah. was the, the marketing line. That It was essentially something along the lines of, I can't remember the exact wording, but um, it was like, demo girls can fight too. And that was the actual marketing punchline. And that's why in Japan, especially in modern day, this cult- culture we're in, where girls are equal, to men, um, to boys, it was such a huge change in the mindset of animation and how girls should be represented in media and in general, um, that girls are allowed to actually fight and be strong and at the same time they're allowed to be girls and have weaknesses. So Precure in that sense is definitely a modern style anime which I think it was very, very, um, I suppose, in a way, controversial at its time because it was nothing like that before because it did come out in the early 2000s, I think, if I'm correct. I know it was a bit too old generation-wise to watch it. I can't remember. But when Preco came out, nothing like it had been on air, focused on girls right. punching and okay. kicking so
0: his, the bad his guys mascot, away, Seki-san's mascot. He's super cute. Yeah, I would A really cute
1: character I'm not going to lie,
0: when I think Seki-san and I see the character... And I see this cute little, like, I don't know, is Mepple a bear or something? But, like, I saw the character <laughs> and I half expected an absolute, like, gap moe moment where, like, Gilgamesh's voice would come out of this little character. <laughs>
1: Well, you know, I was actually watching TV just a couple of days ago, no, it was actually last night, um, where Seki-san was on TV, and he was talking about Mepple's character, and apparently there was no audition for the character. The sound director came to him and said, can you do this role for me? Seki-san went in not knowing what his character looks like, and the director's like, oh, well, he, I know he looks cute, but I don't want you forcing yourself to make a cute voice. I just want you to be Seki-san. So he was actually going to talk in his normal voice tone to do Mepple. <laughs> That would have been so good initially, but then he pretty much went in and was like, "Oh no no no! Can I try a cute voice? How about this voice?" And he did it. And then the sound director was like, "Is that not like painful to your voice?" And Six was like, "Oh like I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine."
0: Yeah. When you showed me the video and when I watched the video, like you guys, you guys definitely like you guys who are listening in, you guys definitely have to go check out this video because we'll post the link on Twitter um, at M M I Madness afterwards. But like. It's, it's crazy because like right before this character, right before Mepple, he does like, I think it's Kogami's voice. And you're just like, he goes from one, like, you know, deep tone, suave, cool, bishy boy to like this bear thing. (laughs) And you're like, what the hell? And there's like no pause in between. It's just like one from one to the other. (laughs) Yeah. And it cuts. Yeah. It's crazy.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Like, luckily, the uh, um, the sound director liked the voice that Seki-san ended up doing, because otherwise we would have had this cute mascot with Seki-san's troll voice all over it, essentially. Um, <laughs> we'll go into that in a bit more detail later. But yeah, so he ended up liking it. And uh, despite him saying that it didn't hurt his voice and he was okay to actually continue acting that way apparently it was um hell for two years so he was struggling keeping up with that cute voice of his for a bit yeah Yeah, i don't
0: doubt that it's so different from his normal tone of voice like we mentioned like um you know korgami before his cool character types so that was definitely something i feel like not really new but like a revamped version from like Card Days when he did Korgami, like the cool, bishy kind of protagonist type voice that Seki tends to use, like Seki San tends to use. I I quite enjoy that particular range that he has.
1: He needs more of those characters.
0: I, yeah, I I agree. I wish I wish he would do mm. more because it's like the tone of his voice is just. Really damn sexy, you know. I'm not going to lie.
1: I'm just going to yes. put it out there.
0: There's no other way for me to say this.
1: Big ass mood. Yes.
0: It's just so nice on the ears. Yes. He's definitely one of those voice actors that I like to listen to, even if he's
1: not voicing, like even if he's just talking. I totally agree. And like like you said, he does have a very main character voice. He does. One of the types is obviously, you know, your mascot types or your god complex types and we also talked to them about the cool types, but he's got two other ranges that he's really famous for. Um, and as a main character in particular, especially in his younger days, in his earlier career, he was always a hothead. Like, he was yelling full <laughs> stop
0: like <laughs> i feel like i feel like at, at 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 like one point in their career all male voice actors have that category like under their belt especially back then yeah definitely back then um when it was like a lot of like really kind of i think the only way i can describe it is like fiery yeah. showdown series where they're like yeah amp up fire yeah. like, a lot of that <laughs> No, that's I'm it. never doing that again, by the way. Guys. <laughs> <laughs> it was a lot it was it was a lot of those kind of series. So I can totally get why everybody sort of has one of those credits under their yeah. belt but like Seki's screaming is on a whole nother level, why isn't it? Oh
1: I totally agree. Like I don't know if everyone knows, but um Animate is a really famous anime goods brand or shop. It's In Japan, and they have this anime. um, anime tencho is like their two D manager mascot person that they use in all of their advertising. Um, I can't remember his name. I think it's like Ani something really ridiculous like that. Um, Anyways, he Sixun actually voices that mascot character, (laughs) and. Really. He's actually, like, a shop manager. So he's dressed in all the animate gear that you would see actual animate stuff in, like the apron and stuff. And he's got this red cat which has Tencho, shop manager, written on top of it. And he's this hot-headed, hot-hearted, fiery guy who's, like, really passionate about selling the goods and um, getting all the fans excited and everything like that. And he's that, what would I say, um... He's that person. Like he's, he's that kind of person, yeah. He's that, like, distinguishable as a character himself that he makes cameo appearances in other animes. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> so one of the first times I really, like, it really clicked that that was a thing was in Lucky Star, which I think was um, 2007 Lucky Star. And, oh, Anisawa Meitoda. Uh, his name is Anisawa Mate. Mate. But it sounds like animate, essentially. Mate, Meito. Yeah, I know, right? He's a mate. <laughs> um, and he makes a cameo experience in Lucky Star. Um, because the, the main character in Lucky Star, if you don't know, is a major weeb. She's an otaku. And she re- is really into manga and figures and things like that. So she goes into store to buy something and there he is, trying to customer service her. <laughs> Konata is ridiculously low, low tensioned, very quiet, like has her own pace kind of character and then here comes this sicky character getting all fired up and excited and trying to make her do things and yeah he has a few appearances in a, in a couple of episodes for that and it was pretty funny. And, and he does that in a couple of other series where the main characters are like um, your typical otaku kind of characters so it happened in, I think in um, Hayate no Kotoku, Hayate the combat butler as well because that also the main character is an anime fan. Okay, so we talked about the hotheads. Um we talked about the cool. We talked about the mascots and his God complex characters. Um and the one other one other type is the comical or the unique character sets, I think that we need to talk about.
0: Um, I have a really funny one for that, actually. the I guess it's more unique yeah. than comical. Okay, so there was a really funny anime series that aired in two thousand and sixteen. this is This is like quite a while ago. God, it doesn't feel like that long ago, but, like, apparently it was. It's not that long ago. So it's called (laughs) Nunbucker. Oh, oh my God! (laughs) This is the one I was telling you about where Seki-san was in it.
1: (laughs) Yeah.
0: So I want to describe to you guys the character exactly the way that I described it to Mai the first time we talked about this. Yep. But Seki-san's character basically looks like... Literally, if Saitama and, like, Gilgamesh had a baby
1: together. Saitama <laughs> uh, from One Punch yeah, Man, Saitama from
0: One Punch Man and Gilgamesh had a love child together. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Imagine my face when Rai tells me this, guys. I'm a, And then go I'm look him up. I'm
0: on webcam at the moment with Rye, and her face is priceless. It's great. <laughs> She's <laughs> just an absolute disbelief that we're friends. <laughs>
1: <laughs> What's his um, name again?
0: Man, I've got to I've got to find his name. So his name is...
1: 16. Number... Ah, eh, to, Sugoroku
0: Ah, Hajime... yes. So Hajime is his name. And uh, he's basically... Like, the premise of the show, I don't think I actually finished watching it, which is why it's a little bit confusing in my mind. But basically... <laughs> It's it's like about inmates in a prison who are trying to escape. And um oh my god, I did not Yeah, notice. it's a, it's a, it's a comedy show. It's a comedy animo show like and the kind of art style is very uh like psychedelic acid trip. It's very colorful. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not I'm not giving this um anime a very good description because pretty much this is, when I watched it, this is what it felt like. I'm not going to lie. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but. Therefore, the result is um Saitama and Gilgamesh having a. a love child. Yes, correct. Love correct, child. Correct. You are correct to assume.
0: So <laughs> that's what his character looks like. So he his character looks like a Saitama when Saitama's not in his egg mode. But then it's like.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yep.
0: Yeah a Gilgamesh voice that comes out of him. Oh,
1: is it actually that kind of voice? It's in between
0: Gilgamesh and Kogami, but it leans more towards the Kogami voice. Like, it's kind of cool. But his character Uh. is a a warden of the prison. So, yeah. That was like the weirdest role I'd ever experienced Sekisan in. And I was so confused. But like, I was like, it's Sekisan. Yeah. But I'm so confused right now about what's happening. (laughs)
1: So, guys, um, help us with judgment. Go go look up Sugoroku Hajime from Nambaka and tell, tell Rai if she's right or wrong, <laughs> I think.
0: <laughs> I think I'm pretty right, guys. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> but that was, like, one of the most unique voices and roles I've heard Seki-san in because I have no doubt he went and auditioned okay. for that. Like, no doubt that he saw this series and went, sign me the fuck up
1: because... <laughs> I feel like that would be very him. <laughs> what about for you, Mai? Uh, well, like I said, with the Yakitata Japan role, I reckon that kind of fits as comical mm. and unique. Um, but I think um, we do need to mention one of the roles that he's most popular by in the West especially is probably Steinsgate. He's, I'll be honest, I actually didn't recognise him, like, at all. Yeah, until you told me before, like, we, we talked about this a little
0: bit. I had, cause I, from yeah. what I've seen of Steins I don't have a, a great memory of it because I watched it when I was a lot younger and I wasn't really into that kind of genre back then, but I feel like I would appreciate it more now. I would have never been able to pick that out as Seki-san at all.
1: And I'm pretty good with my voices. I agree. Like by this time, I was fully attuned into Sekisan's voice because it was after, to me, it was viewing after Psychopaths and, um, what was it, uh, Yakitaru Japan. Um, so the character we're talking about is Hashida Itaru or his nickname is Daru. He's literally like the right-hand man of the main character, um, Okabe. And um, his, his voice, I, I don't know what Sekisan did with it, but it was so different. Yeah, like,
0: And I know we're going to keep referring back to this video but you guys have to watch this video that Maya linked me. It's pretty mm-hmm. incredible. Like you you would not be able to tell. If you saw him doing it, you know, on the screen voicing the character, you would be like you would believe it. But hearing it in the series, you would not be able to pick it out that it's him.
1: It's very hard to. I totally agree. Like it's really, really good. Um, and I reckon like with Comical unique, we just gotta mention how comical he was in Carnival you know, kind of Phantasm <laughs> yes. as Gilgamesh as well, because we're always gonna revert back to Gilgamesh. That was an interesting it Gilgamesh. Was. It was different again to Archer and Castro. I, I, I
0: enjoyed Carnival Phantasm Gilgamesh thoroughly. Thoroughly. Because <laughs> it was just like he was such a meme. <laughs> yeah. And I'll never forget, like, one of my favorite scenes is when um, Gilgamesh goes to the maid cafe and absolutely yep. pisses the shit out of Saber. So she plucks off the ahogu <laughs> and Super Saiyan's into Saber all time.
1: Uh, Carnival Phantasm was. I just need a
0: season cold. two, man. Come on, <laughs> give us a season two of Carnival Phantasm, We've waited this long.
1: I agree. I agree. We need to add like more FGO That's characters true. in there too, That's please. True. And F like Fate Zero and like do a whole Carnival Phantasm like thing together. That would be awesome. Yeah, and I think in Japan, um, with the okay, it's kind of a mascot. It's kind of a comical, unique character. But the other character he's really popular for in Japan is he's actually in um, Six. sans in Yokai Watch. And he's the voice of Whisper. I think Whisper's the same name as they use in English as well for the character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The little um, bubble thing. (gasps) The little bubble thing. Yeah, he's like a little ghost. (laughs) He's a ghost. He's
0: a ghost. As you can see, guys, my brain is functioning at 100% today.
1: (laughs) Yeah, like Whisper is a ghost, again. hes I don't actually know his role. I'll be honest and say I don't really watch Yokai Watch, but he's a notable character. He's kind of like a butler kind of character. He speaks very formally, but he really struck me when um, at the end of the year in Japan, we always do like this song show, on the official news channel that we have called NHK, and they bring in all the prominent artists and singers of that year, and do like a little competition. They break them up into male and female team based on the who, what gender the main singer is if they're in a group, and then they do like a pretty much like a I, it's a very Asian thing, guys. I know it sounds a bit sexist, but it's essentially girls versus boys, and they get the audience and the viewers and the judges to vote which one they think did better on performance on stage that year, essentially. There's always a section where the kids get a section to themselves about an hour into the show because it's at night time. So at about 9 o'clock for about 30 minutes, there's a kids' section and about three, four years ago, yo Watch took the stage for 30 minutes. Wow. And they managed to bring Whisper onto stage because they had these huge TV panels. And so Sixan actually got to voice
0: oh, live
1: this character wow. Whisper. Yeah, to MC this kids' section that Yokai watch was featured yeah, in that that's year. Cool. It was like the first time they'd ever done something like that. And I'm sitting there as an anime fan in general, just crying, going, Oh my god, Six Sense on NHK. Six Sun and anime is on NHK. Because this is the news channel, guys. It does not show on Japanese TV. They made it. And they finally made it. So that was a little moment for me where I was very proud of Seki-san and his career. We are constantly so, so proud of him. Like, he's had um, some other
0: very notable roles as well, since we're we're going, you know, Mm. towards how proud of him we are. Not that he actually (laughs) knows who we are, but you know, like, we can still be proud, it's fine. But some other really notable roles for Seki that I have really enjoyed over the years... For me personally, it's definitely Mitsunari from Basara.
1: <laughs> that was a pause.
0: Sorry, <laughs> it's definitely uh, Mitsunari from Basara because I am a massive, massive Basara fan, and this was also in that era where, as Mai mentioned before, that Seki-san was doing a lot of hotheads, and like yeah, Mitsu, like Mitsunari, his entire role is just Seki screaming like ieyasu like that's like- <laughs> literally what it is It's just Siki-san screaming and he has uh, if you guys haven't played Basara or watched Basara before I would highly recommend it's fantastic if you like Muso games you'll probably like Basara but um Mitsunari's design is like very like edgy emo boy kind of esque <laughs> But he's, that's true. But, he's loud. Yeah. <laughs> so,
1: like, <laughs> but voice tone wise, I thought he sat closer to Korgami. To be really honest, he
0: does. Yeah, when he's a
1: he uses his deeper, his deeper voice. voice. Definitely,
0: like tone wise, it's closer to Korgami. But then sometimes when he screams, it sounds like when Gilgamesh is laughing, <laughs> like the the slight <laughs> yeah yeah okay, slight, yeah, like, yeah 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 yeah, yeah yeah that he has. That's what it sounds like. So I really thoroughly enjoyed uh, his. His Mitsunari Fair enough,
1: fair enough, fair enough. Uh, he's in the second season, guys, yeah. if you didn't know. Um, I average, haven't watched much of Sengoku Basara, so I don't have a lot to add to that. But yes, he's a very, for that era, using his deep voice was a very unique thing for him still back then. So I have a feeling that's what got him his psychopath role, that deep voice. Because they're pretty basara. close
0: in terms of like era in terms of anime, yeah, they're quite They worse. are, yeah. Like, Because the only other role that he probably used that deep voice in was in Gankutsuo, which not a lot of people watched
1: ah. around that time.
0: But I watched it because I saw the visuals for the anime when they released it, and it was... I don't know how many of you have watched, like, Madoka, but, like, it's very similar vibes to that, where it's anime, but then they do these... Graphic, I think overlays or something, with a lot of like textures mm-hmm, and fabrics. It's it's really cool, like visually very stunning, stunning series. But um, Sekisan voiced uh, Andrea, who was the villain, one of the villains, I guess, for that oh, series. Oh, okay. And he also used that kind of deeper tone, more bishonen, but like edgy kind of tone. Yeah. I love I love a good Yeah, like Sekiro. I think
1: that's definitely yeah, that that's a good point. Yeah, cuz like it's always been on my watch list, but I never got around to it. That sounds like a really good role for Seki-san. because he, he does, does really he's, good villains, he's an amazing say.
0: villain Like they I mean maybe I'm i biased because I do generally enjoy the villain roles more for for my favorites. Mm. But yeah, that was visually stunning. Visually stunning as a series, but I honestly don't remember much of the story. I don't think it really stuck to me that much.
1: That's fair. Like, I, I heard that it's a rather obscure It's kind a very of, like, obscure, unique,
0: Very unique, yeah. It wasn't something... Like, even if you look back on it now, it's probably not something that a lot of modern anime really do with their oh, okay. visuals. The closest I would say is probably Madoka, like, in a similar kind of vibe... With the the witches and stuff, but like, other than that, it's it's very very distinct.
1: Is it as like emotional, like tear jerking, as Madoka? Like I said, I don't really remember
0: much of the story. Like Madoka (laughs) is very tear jerking, but like honestly, Gakutsu, I can't even remember half the story. It was just like the (laughs) visuals that really caught my eye. Sure. okay
1: fair 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 because it's because it's because it's Count of Monte Cristo so yes for those of you who think it sounds familiar there's a similar character based off the same story in FGO as well
0: <laughs> everything we have <laughs> to say leads back to FGO my. <laughs>
1: I can't help it I think and then there it is in my head and it comes out Oh, okay, so it was in 2004, so I'm just having a quick look at the time. I didn't realise it was that old. I thought it was a lot more recent.
0: Yeah, no, it's pretty old. It's pretty old. I only came about it around 2010, 11, 12, like 10 to 12. I think that's when I came across it, but it's quite an old series. Well, that
1: makes sense why I can't find it, because I've been trying to look for it for some time, but if it's that old, it's not as easy to find. Madman license. It's yet, interesting, because so. around this time... Oh, did they? Yeah. Oh, thank so you. you okay, I that. will have a look at that. Um, oh, I'm not sure if I can find it in Japan that oh, way. But, <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> region lock. but I'll do what I can. <laughs> I'm sure there are plenty of other ways I can view it here in Japan, though. So, yeah, it's interesting that you say that because until then, a lot of his roles were your typical hotheads. So, like, the, the other notable roles that I've listed down were literally mm-hmm. hotheads. Because you've obviously, like you mentioned, Fruit Basket, um, Soma Kyo, so Kyon is there. He was also the main character in um, Groove Adventure Rave, which for those of you who know Fairy Tale, it's the same oh, yeah, manga yeah. artist as Fairy Tale, but it's his previous story. Because um, I was a fan of the author since Rave, and Six San voiced yeah, the main Rave character. Was
0: huge, really?
1: Though. No one around me knew it. I don't know. I don't
0: know. Tom. I know. I know. Tom's really into Rave. Are you serious? But like.
1: Yeah, as in Tom Tom. Yeah, we've talked Melbourne yes, Tom. And Tom, Tom Tom, oh. as in
0: our Tom. Yeah, as in
1: our Tom. Yeah, he's talked about it before. <gasps> I'm gonna go poke him because no one knows. Yeah, go Rave. poke <laughs> him because we
0: have definitely talked about it before. Yeah, because like
1: it, the manga of Rave came out in the early 2000s, and the anime came out pretty much like 10 books in. So the anime ends are a little bit funny because of it, because the manga continued till about 10 years afterwards or something like that. But no one knew about rave until i finally hit uni third year or something and one of my classmates in my japanese lesson i was doing was into rave and no one else knew it and everyone is like fairy tale fairy tale fairy tale i'm like yeah but guys rave same author
0: but Rave, yeah yeah because
1: he enjoyed his some of his designs in rave so much they come out again in fairy tale like guys they you do. love Puru yes. from Fairy Tale? Go read Rave. He originated from Rave. Yes. You like how like um Grey looks? Well, he was originally designed off a character called Muzika yes. in Rave. Like, go read it. Yes. Anyways. Yes. yes. Uh, rave was pretty Well, I hope,
0: I hope, I hope with us saying and mentioning it in this podcast that people will go and check it out because.
1: Yes. Um, tag it's me good. guys. Um I am thirsty for rave chats, as funny as that sounds. Um tag me so we can chat more about rave because i love rave like for its time it was quite interesting and then Sixa went over to do a, a couple of like really um the typical characters that people really like so he revisits a role that's similar to cure in do you remember haruka the games haruka oh, naro toki no naka de the otome games oh my god yeah he's the redhead oh my god, I didn't he's the, the main that. redhead
0: oh my god
1: yeah so for those of you who don't know um harukanaru toki no nakade i know it sounds really long is originally an otome game um it's a date sim it's an otome game yes yes it was one of the first it was one of the earlier days of the tensei especially not tensei it's not it's not um it's not isekai she goes back in time i
0: mean so um it's
1: a time travel uh, otome game. It was one of the first ones that started the trend and there are eight guys you can pick from, but with her, two guys from her era, so she grew up with them, childhood friends go with her. And one of them is uh, Temma, who is San's character. His personality is rather similar to Cure from Fruit Basket. I haven't
0: heard that title in so long. I'm just like, wow,
1: throw back! Throw back, <laughs> guys! Oh. Well, what was really interesting about Haruka was the first three or four games recycled the same character the voices, and they all did similar roles, essentially. Um, I didn't really look into it beyond the first one, so I don't know the full details, but San would then go ahead and do all um, some of the other redheads in the Haruka series after as well. Um, yeah, did you have any other characters? Because otherwise all I can think about um, is One Piece. Okay, so there's One Piece,
0: but for me, no, I can't really... Yeah, I can't really think of any other notable characters because the one I can think of is we're going to talk about it in the next uh, dislike topic. <laughs> 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 oh, wait. You know what? We forgot. We it forgot. Is... We are so, we are head empty right now. We totally forgot Seki-san in Kimetsu no Yaiba.
1: Oh, yeah. yeah that's true.
0: So as uh, Sanemi. Where he's yeah, revising a hot head. It's, it's not really hothead. head. He's kind of. He's pretty ragey, not gonna lie. I would I would classify that as a hothead. Yeah. Of a different kind. Yeah, it's kind of a blend between the two, like cool but hotheaded. <laughs> a complete juxtaposition, but you know.
1: I mean Sanami, uh Shinazugawa Sanemi is the fu- is the character's name. He doesn't really have a lot of show at the moment in Kimetsu that's yet true, in that's the anime, true, but Yeah, cuz I mean the movie's on now, but even then I'm he doesn't so turn I'm so
0: sad up. because we can't even watch the movie yet in Melbourne.
1: I have yet to see it, so... <laughs> uh, I but will let you know Because I when have read I the series, do. it's very good. Very emotionally tolling. I think the last book comes out next month. It'll be a big emotional hit for me. I'll, I'll, that'll happen too, so I'll let you know. <laughs> yeah, like, I do hope they'd continue with the anime, because um, Seki San's character Shinazukawa, has more, has more yeah, role at the end.
0: Definitely. At the end, he's very prominent in the series.
1: Yeah, like I'm just trying to think. There's not a lot of characters otherwise. Out. Like he has done a lot of characters that I haven't watched. That's yeah. My
0: problem. So we talked about this before, I know. But Seki San is one of those mm. voice actors that we don't really see him or see his name tagged in a credits for a series and be like, okay, yeah, I'm gonna go watch that or yeah, I'm going to go give that anime a go. It's more like we associate him with his roles and his characters. So if it's a character type that we like or a character role that we enjoy him in, then Maya and I are more likely to go watch that series. So quite a lot of his, for me anyway, like quite a lot of his roles I'm not too
1: familiar with. Like I can't say I've watched a lot. Well, having said that then, what do you think would have been the turning point in Seki-san's career? Because he's done, if you look through his Wikipedia alone, or like his list alone of the roles he's done, it's quite vast. It is quite
0: vast, definitely. For me, I I would want to say like Fate Stay Night. Like, I know guys, you're gonna get so sick of us talking about Fate, I know, but <laughs> it's, it's very relevant because... I feel like back in the day with anime series, there was more kind of long form series. So long form being they were like
1: 48
0: mm. to 51 episodes long. And especially Gilgamesh, which is one of his most iconic characters, I, I, I must say, there really hasn't been a series kind of like Fate where a voice actor gets the chance to continually voice that character and be associated with that character. Like, if you think about it, Fate's Day Night happened in 2006. It's now 2020. That's 16... Sorry, 14 years. Oh my god, I can't math. <laughs> that's... That's 14 we good, we good, years we good. worth of voicing multiple variations of this character. And then you enter like, you know, FGO back in 2015 and that's like a, another good chunk and another reintroduction to the current generation of fans mm. of, you know, Seki's character. So I feel like that that was probably one of the big turning points in his career, definitely.
1: I totally agree. Like, early 2000s, I think, was definitely a change in um, Seki-san's career because, like I said, until really around um, that Era where he started doing deeper voices, like 2004 ish, I think you said, with or He was doing a lot of hotheads or like your typical old school shonen series type main character.
0: Very fiery, passionate.
1: Like Fruit Basket and Rave happened in 2001, and then wow. Haruka happened in 2004. Isn't that long and ago? and, and b- around then, <laughs> yeah, it is. It really is. Yeah. And then, like in 2002, he was in Gundam Seed and Gundam Seed Destiny as Izan who is also a bit of a hothead and yells a fair bit as well so that was definitely the era where he was taking all these major character roles and people I think were really starting to focus with him and he started changing the kind of roles that he did so he would have done um, uh, Fates Day Night would have been 2006 in 2005 he was doing Yakutara Japan and another role that he's reprised for a long time which is One Piece noburu so he's Luchi in One Piece who he still is because the Stampede the movie that came out last year which I will mention I have watched eight times. Um, (laughs) He's still the same voice. He's still the same character. He came out in the movie as the same character. Um, It's definitely around there where he really starts shifting up and suddenly coming out into the anime scene with a lot of different kinds of roles. So I definitely agree with you that the Fate Stay Night era, early 2000s is definitely a big turning point in his career.
0: And then from there he went on to do things like you know Steins Gate, which I'm still blown away by is him quite honestly. Like my brain is like what? And then into another long form series essentially Yokai Watch that you've mentioned as well.
1: Mhm. So yes.
0: from a like viewing his career from that viewpoint, it's it's quite extensive and very impressive to have you know, held those character roles for so long.
1: Like even with Busatta, yeah, really, actually, like um, he came out in second though, season, which is 2010, and he's still Ishida-san. Like, yeah, Ishida actually, Mitsunori, though, because like, the games. So he's
0: in the games and he's in the anime. Yes, so he's done both
1: exactly. And like even with the um the the animate manager Tensho character that I was talking about before, that's something he's done. He he's continually doing even now. So. Sex noticeably in characters that get reprived for a fairly long time. Like, he's,
0: he's definitely made his mark on the the anime industry in that sense. Like, his, his voice oh, yes. is so distinct that when you hear him... I mean, I, I can't say this is everyone, I guess, because we're kind of biased. And I say we're because we are in the same boat, Maya and I. <laughs> but we are kind of biased <laughs> towards him, so we can definitely pick out his voice when he's in a new series.
1: Definitely. And I think that also, like you said, he's made a mark in the anime scene in a different way as well, so I'm going to lead yes. on to the next topic <laughs> as well. But sik is a troll. If you have not seen him on me, Oh, actually, if I link you the video, guys, later, and you watch the full thing, you don't have to understand it to know he's a bloody troll. Um, excuse Sorry. my language. But I love him for it, don't get me wrong. Him as a troll is what exactly makes me love Sexan. As a voice actor. A
0: good bulk of like forty minutes to an hour (laughs) talking about how amazing this man is. And now we're just like, but he's a troll.
1: (laughs) He's a troll. He's a troll. He is guys. And I say this because okay, so going on to voices and characters we don't like. I'm not a fan of Sexan when he's a pretty boy character. I just can't because every single time I hear the pretty boy, his troll face appear like just shows up in my head, in my mind. And I just start laughing. I
0: actually feel that because I feel like I get that vibe with some other voice actors too. So I know where you're coming from. Absolutely. (laughs) I know where you're coming from. Yeah.
1: Like, please let me share this episode with you. (laughs) Like, in Japan, we have this stream thing. It's kind of like YouTube, but it's called um, Abima TV. And the voice actors have, like... um, a show. It's called, uh, what's it called? Seiyu uh, to Yuasobi. Essentially, um, nighttime play with voice actors, essentially, literally translated. And uh, every day of the week, there is a different pair of voice mm-hmm. actors as MCs, and they invite guests in, and they do like they pretty much talk about their career and what voice acting is like for them and what that particular voice actor is good at and not good at. And they play a lot of little mini games and some of them are pretty crazy. I'll tell you about that. But uh, last year's um, New Year's special that they did was um, they shifted it up a little bit and all the different MCs took turns to um, share the screen together. And then six Sun shows up out of nowhere because he heard that they were eating sushi, appears on screen and starts eating all <laughs> the sushi that the the... MCs are chatting and trying to hype up the scene so oh that they can God. get to eating the sushi he's and so the delicious chaotic. food. And he just goes and it's, it really is, and they got this professional chef in, like a sushi chef in, and he's actually professionally making it for them on the spot, fresh, like you would at like a really expensive sushi restaurant. And Sikisan, as he's making the expensive stuff like the sea urchin and like the the salmon roe and stuff he just goes and eats the expensive stuff and leaves all the cheap tuna stuff behind for this particular voice actor who was really looking forward to eating the sea urchin oh my god it was Who is this chaotic chaos. man like that's just the kind of troll oh my god dude, this is my image of Sekisan. so okay, so so
0: it's the bishy voices that yeah. you're not a fan of that you can't take
1: seriously no no, I can't. Fair enough, fair <laughs> What enough. about you, Ray? Okay, Ra? there
0: is one specific character, one specific moment in Seki-san's career okay. where I absolutely questioned the sh- out of him because... So it was in the Your Mushi Pedal movie called, literally, Your Mushi Pedal movie that aired in 2015. I really, really clearly remember this because myself and a bunch of other cosplayers, we actually went to the screening in cosplay so i i dressed up as uh naruko the sh- the short redhead hothead and we went to the movies to watch it but Sekisan voices a character called um machiyama eikichi in the series and he's from a rivaling school mm-hmm. and mind you these like because obviously it's a sports anime the series is set you know in school so these guys are like you know high schoolers but like he just the character i'm going to say the character because we don't want to associate the voice actor with the character of course they're two separate things but the character just absolutely rubbed me the wrong way like he was super seedy they, they showed cuts of the character and, like, the character was trying to hit on the, the female high schoolers and he has this, mm. like, I don't know why they wanted to incorporate this into the design, but, like, he has this, like, super long, like, Orochimaru-type tongue and you're like... Mm. It was just... Right, yeah, it yeah, was yeah, just okay, I'm following. Of, oh gross. <laughs> that I was just like, please, <laughs> Seki, why did you sign up to do this?
1: Okay, yeah, no, I can definitely feel that, especially watching Like, it in it's the, just, yeah.
0: if you think about the type of voice that he was using as well, I don't think I've ever heard it in another sort of more mainstream, I guess, series that he's been in. But it's... Okay. it's I'm going to refer back to that Fate Zero episode, episode 11, where he... He basically, like, degrades Saber. Um, I'm not going to say it but you guys can watch the episode but it's like that tone of Gilgamesh voice but
1: creepier
0: (laughs) 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 I don't even know how to describe it it was so just oh it just like send like shivers up your spine in the worst kind of way that's what it was like watching it in the cinema Mm. okay it's just like really creepy. Something really not ex- not 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 like I didn't expect it of Seki San. Actually, Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. yeah, I didn't expect it of Seki San. It was it was it was a bit much. <laughs> like good because he was he was in character, That's but also like wow, I would never heard him voice something like that up until that date. So yeah.
1: Not sure. I want to watch it now.
0: <laughs> no, don't watch it. I, I mean, if I can find a clip, I'll put it on our Twitter so you guys can see what I'm talking about. But like, it's, it's just like, because they they already have um, what's his face, Koji Yusa's character. I can't even remember the character names. I only remember the the voice actor names. But one of the other characters in the series is like super creepy. Oh okay. But like, oh, I think I know which Sekisan character just, you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Siki-san's character just, like, went one step over, and I was like, oh, this is too much. I can't handle two of these characters <laughs> in the same movie. <laughs> All right.
1: Well, I think that kind of leads to his acting career in general, because this is after he started a whole bunch of other things from memory. Mm, so yeah, he's very active. He is. Like, I have a feeling that the changes in his career, like, his acting style has a lot of, to do with the changes in his career, because um, I can't remember when he started it, but he starts... Seiki-san now is known to be a co-founder and pretty much like the leader of a voice acting agency or um, talent agency, I think was what they called them, called Atomic Monkey, so that's actually the agency he's part of. And I know he's also started a theatrical unit called Gekidang Hero Hero Kyu with uh, Miki Nagasawa, who's more of an announcer than she is an actor from my memory, but I might be wrong. And they do a lot of stage things, and what Sekisan likes to do, especially with his theatrical unit, is he likes to, like, try roles that he's not famous for essentially (laughs) (laughs) so i wonder that's so like him i I wonder if as part of that he's decided to try these strange roles to (laughs) enhance his acting career which he's obviously tried to put in to yohamushi pedal possibly possibly
0: it was like yeah 2015 so really not that long ago But I can imagine, I can imagine and I can definitely see him being the type to, you know, experiment and try to go obviously outside of his comfort zone because for so long he has been sort of not boxed in because he's also kind of boxed in (laughs) um, to some of these character roles.
1: Yeah, like I think a lot of voice actors like in like their radio shows and like their talk shows and stuff do talk about getting stereotyped and then it takes... Yeah, one definitely role to get them out of that stereotype. But it's the idea of whether they get that one role to get out of the stereotype. So I think almost like he's decided to make a place to get out of the stereotype himself.
0: Yeah, he's definitely tried to get out of that stereotype box himself, which I think is the mark of a really great and really talented voice actor because... I feel like you get, you can, and I think just, this is just a creative thing as well is that sometimes you can get quite complacent if you're,
1: you know,
0: yeah. If you, you know, you know, you're good at that thing. So that's what you're going to continue to do. So you end up sort of um, forgetting almost that you can do whatever you want to do. So I I know, I know Maya will definitely agree with me, like being both creatives and I'm sure a lot of our listeners will also agree you know, if you're a creative, that that being able to break out of that complacency is is the best thing.
1: Certainly, especially if it's going to make you happier by doing something different as well. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. There's nothing wrong with a challenge. Like, don't be worried, I suppose, about, you know, failures or anything like that. Just like, Six Sun's gone ahead and made a theatrical unit and he's got these stages that he does um, a few times a year and... I'm pretty sure in the beginning, like they weren't getting anything at all, like no audience or anything like that. But now it's like huge. It's books out like this and you can't, really get a ticket because I've been trying to struggle and get a ticket for the past half a year. I, I would I like,
0: would love to.
1: Yeah, um yeah, right, you have to come with me if I ever get tickets. Like come with me because essentially it's um Sekisan and his group and they always get like another prominent voice actor or something and they do like stupid stuff and talks and whatnot about their like life as voice actors and stuff on stage together. And I just found out that as part of their group, uh, Katsuyuki, uh, Konishi, and Yotaro Okiayu, so some of our faves is also Your in the group. Yeah, so <laughs> face yes oh my
0: of course they i know course right they they're too old for this animation now they're just like you know what we're gonna do our own troll thing on stage it's fine so what were you trying to say oh so i was i was literally trying to say the same thing as you like i was like my if i ever go to japan i'm going we are going to see one of these shows together
1: yes please <laughs> do i would love to see it with you and we could just fangirl all the way home
0: yes yes that would be great that would be great
1: yeah so yeah so he's been doing a few different things he's written a book I've um he's also a teacher at the moment as well teaching acting like not just voice acting but acting in general to um a a particular school that he's um contracted with so um he's definitely taking one step higher as in his career from what he used to do which was literally just voice acting but continuing the passion of voice acting per se so I'm it's really interesting to see the way he's gone. And it's heartwarming to see that he's still so passionate about it. Oh, and guys, if you didn't know, he has a YouTube. Like, he has a YouTube. Wait, what? You didn't know? Excuse me. How? No. How was I not aware of this? <laughs> he has a YouTube. So he has... Can you send me
0: the link? Oh, uh, yeah. I'll, I'll send you
1: the link later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like
0: yeah, send me the link later. Six oh
1: has a YouTube that he takes live from his own house, home studio at home. And what you have to do oh God. when you watch his YouTube is please look in the background at the things he has in his room because the amount of passion and love that he has for each and every character that he has ever acted is in that room. Seki is almost like an, a, a, like a geek of his own stuff. And it's awesome.
0: That's, oh, you know who that is like? That's like Ono Daisuke, yeah! who's a massive JoJo fan. Yes. And he collects all of the JoJo things. Mm-hmm. Okay, so if I go into Seki-san's YouTube and I don't see a room full of Gilgamesh figurines, I'm going to be very disappointed. You won't be
1: disappointed. <laughs> It won't be full of, obviously, Gilgamesh only, but you won't be disappointed. Obviously, yes. Yeah. But, okay, all right. I'm excited to see this. So having said that, as now we know he has a YouTube. He's on TV. Well, a Beamer TV, really. Um, he's gone stage. Um, again, he's got a book as well based on his life as a voice actor. He's done a management. We know a lot about what he's done. What would you like to see from there? What else has he not done that you want to see?
0: I feel like, for me... And again, it's something we've already talked about before, uh, Mai, but uh, you've mentioned before that Seki san doesn't do convention appearances. And those have been really popular, especially, don't know about overseas, but especially in the Australian scene, having uh, voice actors or like, uh, we haven't had any stage actors yet, but that would be cool too. Mm. But having voice actor guests appear at the convention to you know give a talk give a panel um or even um some of the idol girls appearing via um online call. yeah 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 i think it would be really interesting if we could get him as a a guest appearance like (laughs) you know for a guest appearance because i would just love to hear him talk essentially yeah like i think that would be really beneficial for the community yeah that would be super cool if we could get more of those.
1: Side comment. I know he doesn't. No, no, no. Side comment. You know, that's just going to make my job harder because he's the biggest troll ever. So he's going to be doing practically whatever he wants on stage. And I'm going to be trying to interpret what he's trying to do. (laughs) Correct.
0: Correct. Correct. That is what I want. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I just want, I just want, I just want
1: Seki-san here to give a talk and mine to suffer. (laughs) Oh God, (laughs) that will happen. Um, (laughs) yeah. Like Having said, like, I don't know, like, he doesn't really show in conventions. Um, Just so the audience doesn't get the idea wrong, it means he's really busy. He's more focused on his stage career within japan domestically than he is going even into conventions in japan he's very limited in that as well so don't get it wrong it's not that he's against the conventions or the pop culture scene overseas it's just the way he is with his focus in the career inside japan what about you mai i wouldn't mind seeing i wouldn't mind seeing him on stage in australia either and at in his troll-like manner like i'll be honest though it's gonna be really hard to control him MC, future what, MCs control? or future <laughs> <laughs> or future or like you know stage managers. Yeah, I reckon it's gonna be like that moment when we had Morita San in. Oh my god! Every guest, time you um, mention when you had
0: Morita San, I'm just so jealous I really wanted to go that
1: year, but I was like literally twelve and I couldn't go anywhere by myself. <laughs> oh my god! So guys, in 2013 at Smash in Sydney. Uh, we actually invited Masakasa Morita-san um, to smash, and uh, this is the first time I was in the guest department. This is my very first guest I've We're ever interpreted a for, away, guys. <laughs> um, at an event. I know we are, and what, just to describe the kind of thing that he did was Morita-san decided to suddenly jump off stage <laughs> in the middle of the panel and bring a a member of the audience onto stage to describe how he would normally talk to a person, like, not, like, actually acting or not actually, like, recording or anything like that. So to display that, instead of talking to me, the interpreter, or the MC, who was um, Morris at the time, he decided to jump off and bring an audience. And both MC and I were left stranded um, because he did it unannounced. Um, On stage and we just looked at each other and just shrugged and waited until he came back onto stage with this with this very surprised fan essentially and my image of Sekisan will be a little bit like that but more chaotic I can only imagine (laughs) because who wouldn't want to be on stage with Sekisan right (laughs) that depends
0: how chaotic he's gonna be Honestly,
1: (laughs) you should come on stage with us right I, I'm going to be like, you should nah, ask I'm her right. Right. point out, right? right. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much.
0: But like, <laughs> what other, um, aside from the convention
1: appearances, like, is there anything else that you yeah. would
0: like to see from him in the future?
1: I think we talked about this before, right? But apologies again, guys. But um, in FGO, Gilgamesh Take has shot. <laughs> blatantly stated... I know, right? (laughs) That he can be every class but Lancer. So where are the other classes, guys? Anaplex, uh, Anaplex, we're counting on you. Excuse me. Hello. Wink, wink. Nudge, nudge. We're looking forward to seeing more Gilgameshes. Yeah. So we've had Archer and Caster. So where's the the saber and the what was it? Assassin. He's an assassin. Assassin. Wow. <laughs> assassin. I can't really imagine unless it's like Cogil. I feel like Cogil. Uh, yeah, maybe. And we've seen him kind of as Rider before in Zero, but we haven't actually had him as a servant in FGO yet. Does that mean there's like a summer Gilgamesh coming up? Look, like I said,
0: like I like we discussed in the last podcast, we're looking for the DLC, the Exceller DLC with the gold not bludgeon smugglers, <laughs> the gold skins on Gilgamesh. Thank you very much, yep. Aniplex. Let's go, let's go. Let's make this an actual thing. Like,
1: <laughs> Why not just make it berserker while we're at it and just give us another class as well?
0: I know, I know. Look, I'm always down, and I know you are as well, Mai,
1: for another Gilgamesh yeah.
0: class.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, now that we've mentioned Gilgamesh, is there anything else that comes to your mind, right, that I haven't stated? Well... Again, sorry, guys. I know we're going to say this a lot. It's also (laughs) Fate-related. God, take another
0: shot. But also don't because we don't actually condone the abuse of alcohol on this podcast. Please drink responsibly. (laughs) But I would love to see a Fate-Fake Strange animated version. Yes. I would love that. Like, I know... They're really on the fake grand order train right now, but I would mm. love because I would I would absolutely love because I feel like that would be such a great series to have animated, along with um fragments.
1: Yes, Please give yes, me fragments. Yes, yes. Oh
0: my God, like that is oh I So I these, adore. Are spin-off yeah, these are both spin off guys. And they're
1: novels. Yeah. Yes. Yes, And this uh, I think fragments has fragments ended now or are they one book left? uh i haven't kept up lately but yeah i don't think it's quite finished but i know fake strange definitely is still going yeah uh fake strange as per the name is a very irregular holy grail war so kind of think apocrypha but even more strange than Apocrypha. Chaotic. Yeah, it's much more chaotic than Apocrypha. It's almost like a longer version of Apocrypha and more chaotic, yeah. So I think that would be interesting to see.
0: Yeah, that would definitely be interesting. Like, I really love the Gilgamesh and Enkidu dynamic. Like, that breaks my Because they're heart.
1: finally in the same series. Yeah,
0: <laughs> that breaks my heart every damn time like they're mentioned together. Like, I just... ah uh, Because it, it harkens back for me every time when they're mentioned that, again... Mm-hmm. In, I think it's, I don't think it's episode 11. It's like episode 23 or something later down the track in Fate Zero. But Gil actually makes a mention back that he's like, I'll only ever have one friend in my life. And yes. I like, ah. <laughs> I'm just crying, like bawling my eyes out when he says that because, like, Gil always has these one-liners, and like, because it's yep. sticky san it's just the weight yep. of the words, man. It's
1: like crushes your soul. Can I add that line from FGO yet again? He can be every class, Bat Lancer, guys. He's Lancer, and Kidu is Lancer. It's just
0: so many, ah, uh, so many little things, and the little Easter eggs, and like the details in in what he says is just
1: yes oh that's what I want I want the fake just just the feels yep totally 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 having said that though like I reckon that when he is with Enkidu Gilgamesh is a lot more serious he's not he's not as much of an asshole, like you mentioned, <laughs> right? As yes. you said. Like, he still has an ego, but he's not an asshole. He's more realistic yes, when yeah. Enkidu's around.
0: Enkidu kind of reigns in. I wouldn't in. mind seeing
1: him. Yeah.
0: Yeah, definitely. Like, a more serious tone, which I don't think we've really seen a lot from Sekisan either. I think that would be really nice in the future. Like, more serious-toned characters. Not just Gil. I I know we're really on the, like, Gilgamesh train all the time. (laughs) We've never gotten off, but, like, definitely from Sekisan, I would like to see something a bit more serious as well.
1: I agree, yeah. I think that's why I did enjoy Fake Zero so much, because Gilgamesh can sometimes be considered... A troll character himself or like a bit of a joke character himself as we saw in carnival fanism but in fake sorry, fate zero from beginning to end he was quite a serious character he does, in all that he
0: does definitely have like those moments
1: um mm. when he's
0: not being an absolute asshole that he 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 does you do see those very small snippets of that you know humanity that is still left in him yeah for sure alright and sadly I think that is all we have time for today guys again please we don't condone the abuse of alcohol on this podcast Drink <laughs> responsibly don't take yeah, a shot every guys, time we say fate but thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of Match Made in Madness Ooh. So next time, guys, we'll be discussing online conventions as the future of conventions because, as I'm sure most con-goers would agree, 2020 has been a bit of a quiet year. Mm. It's been kind of crazy and nothing beats the bustling weekends
1: at conventions, so I'm sure we're all missing that right now. We've got a lot to say too, Rise, so we're looking forward to that chat too. Mm, definitely, definitely. And
0: a special thank you to our friends Masaki Sato from Soundlapse for our music as usual, the special jingle that we have, and to our wonderful friend Miyukiko for the podcast cover and the Twitter art. So please don't forget to check out Masaki at soundlapse.com and me on Twitter at
1: Miyokiko. So. If you enjoyed today's episode, please don't forget to check us out on Twitter at MMI Madness, where you can follow us for news about the upcoming episodes. Feel free to tag us using hashtag MMI Madness and hashtag Match Maiden Madness. We'd love to hear any feedback or experiences that you've had as well. To follow us individually, you can check out Rye on Twitter and Instagram via at k and, Kos, and myself, Mai, on Twitter and Instagram via at WordsTWorlds.
0: Finally, thank you all so much for listening, guys, and sharing your time with us. Stay safe, and we'll catch you in the next episode.
1: Bye, Bye guys! guys.